Hey, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Scouting Report. Before we get in, have to say a quick word about the late Mike Leach. Heartbreaking, of course, to hear the news. First off, prayers to his entire family and to everyone's life he touched. I did not know Mike personally, but had some of the best interviews that I have ever heard. Just hop on YouTube, listen to some clips of those. They are fun, entertaining, really shows who he is. The thing that I will always take away from uh, Coach Leach is to be yourself unapologetically. Run your system no matter how much others hate it or how different it is and stand on the beliefs you have. Do not compromise on those. Mike helped change the game of football in many ways because of those things and those principles he had. And I can promise you he will be missed by the game of football. But back to today's episode, sticking with our college football playoff teams. Today we will look at defensive tackle from Ohio State, Teron Vincent. If that last name sounds like it has some NFL bloodlines, well, you may be right. Before we jump in, at RightStepADV is where you can find me on Twitter. We'll be putting some bowl game selections out there. Would love to hear who you are picking and why. The why is where it gets really fun this time of year. Players leaving, coaching in interim roles, guys checking out and heading for the draft. It can really level the playing field for some of these matchups. For those listening that will be headed to All-Star Games, my travel is all booked for the College Gridiron Showcase. Would love to connect with you down in Fort Worth. Agent Live 360, which is the best CRM software out there if you are a sports agent in any sport, head over to agentlive360.com to check it out. We will be having a little gathering while there. More details to come on that. Either way, looking forward to being at the CGS down in Fort Worth in early January. Thursday, we will be on with Heisman Trophy finalist and the signal caller for the number one team in the country, Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. A guy who has had a bit of a winding road, but is looking at winning back-to-back national championships. That's going to be a fun eval. I'm sure there will be lots of debate on that one. But today, let's get to Tehran. So, Tehran Vincent, Ohio State, a class of 2018 defensive tackle out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. A four-star defensive tackle listed at 6'3", 285, coming out of high school. You could certainly say he had his pick of schools across the country with offers from everybody, including Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida State, and Michigan, just to name a few of them. But it was the legend that is Larry Johnson in Columbus that ultimately got the nod. Of course, Larry, one of the great recruiters, is always going to land some of those big fish. Once on campus, Toronto was a guy who saw the field in spurts, played in 11 games as a true freshman, and was what was expected to likely be maybe a three, maybe a four-year-and-done career for a school that just cranks out players to the NFL draft. But as it goes after his freshman year, 2019 did not go as planned, saw almost no time, had listed for two snaps. I'm not sure if those are even legitimate snaps. Ultimately took a red shirt that year. Into 2020 in the COVID year, Toronto saw time in seven games, averaged right around 20 snaps a game as a backup rotational player. With some of the flashes, some of the pedigree, obviously the school, um, 
scouts began asking about this player after that 2020 season and really during that 2020 season had some flashes that made you think, hey, maybe this guy would jump out if they finished the year the way they thought they might. Of course, goes back to school into 2021, became a major contributor on that defensive line. Time in all 12 games, nearly 400 off uh, defensive snaps. He had himself firmly on draft board should he choose to come out. But after many conversations, I'm sure he chose head to head back to Ohio State, where I have to imagine he has continued to improve his stock. This year, 2022, an unquestioned starter now, nearly 500 snaps heading into the two, hopefully, college football playoff games for Ohio State. Though his stats do not necessarily show it, this is a major piece on the D-line and what, up until the Michigan game, had been a much improved defensive front under new uh, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. Obviously, Michigan, they played well for about three quarters, but ultimately that uh, high-powered offensive line just kind of ran over them, paved the way for Donovan Edwards to have a big fourth quarter. Teron, of course, along with that whole group, will have a chance in one, maybe two more games to show that he... And uh, the Buckeyes are a better team than they showed late in that Michigan game. On the family side, Teron is the son of former NFL player and now head of football operations for the NFL, Troy Vincent. With the background in football world, there is probably not a lot new to Teron as he goes through the process. Uh, again, with a source like his dad, Troy, plugged in all over the league, you'd be sure that Teron is well-trained for the NFL life, what it's going to be like and what is going to be expected. Again, on the flip side of that, there is always going to be the question for scouts on if a player with Teron's background has the same hunger for the NFL grind that other players do. Something scouts will have to work on through the process that they've been working on probably for a couple of years with Teron is asking the why. Why is Teron playing? Is it because he loves it? Does he love the lifestyle? Is it just a family business in some ways? What is Tron's why and how much more are you going to get out of him? Again, we're not going to get into that. That is for scouts to do in the building today. We're just talking about the on-field eval. On the hoof, you're looking at a player that's uh, almost six one and a half, right around 290 pounds. Um, again, probably a little bit undersized for a true defensive tackle. The number that's really going to stick out, 31 and 7 eighths inch arms. That is going to be short arm for a defensive tackle or a nose tackle and is certainly going to be something that comes up as we continue to talk through this player. Um, but again, getting to his strengths first, his awareness. This is a smart football player. He's going to be able to line up at defensive tackle, nose tackle. He's going to play some 3-4 base end spots. He's going to know what he needs to do. He's going to be able to plug in and play multiple spots. He does play with awareness on the move. Rarely looks like he's lost. Now, being able to make the play, that's a different question. But this guy knows where the ball is, knows where he's supposed to go. His other strength, this is a stout player. This is a guy that doesn't always play like a defensive tackle, uh, but is a strong player at the point, plays with good leverage, plays hat under hat um, against offensive linemen, rarely has, you know, gets knocked off and really moved off the spot. This guy does a good job clogging up the inside with those traits. He is going to have the ability to anchor versus two blockers, not asked to do it a ton in the way Ohio's Ohio State plays their defense, but I think he's going to be able to with some of the traits he has, the pad level he plays with, the ultimate strength that he has. 
on the flip side to his weaknesses. Again, we talked about the 31 and 7 eighths inch arm. This guy is a short armed player. It's going to be well short what teams want at either that D tackle or nose tackle spot. Again, you start getting under even 32 and a half to 33s, and that's going to be a point of conversation for uh, scouts, personnel directors, and coaches. The arm issue is really an issue because he struggles to extend and shed and make plays. This is largely why you see the production on the very low end. Again, you're talking about 23 tackles this year, just two tackles for a loss and no sacks, two career sacks. This guy struggles to finish. Finishing is not easy. Again, he's aware, he's there, just struggles to ultimately get the arms out, shed, and make plays. I do think the arm length is a big part of this because this player is often in a good position, in the right position, just not quite able to finish on the ball. And the upside, again, we talked about uh, other players in this podcast where maybe they get drafted because there is more to them. I think this guy is largely who he is going to be. Maybe he continued to get a little bit stronger, add a little bit weight, maybe move down towards the ball a little bit. Maybe it's a little preview of where I may ultimately see him. But I player's not getting longer. He's not getting taller, and I can't imagine he's going to get much more explosive. Again, teams will have to decide if this player has much more upside or if the player that we've seen in 2022 at Ohio State is going to be the player that they see in the NFL. So what do we see on film? A three-tech, primarily an even front defense, plays primarily in a one-gap scheme where he can slant and move. Will work down to a nose, kind of a zero technique and odd fronts where he'll read and work on the move. Uh, again, I would call this guy a sufficient athlete. He does play with good body control. He plays with good balance, a good base. But again, on the flip side of that, average first step explosion and punch into blockers. More of a hands-on striker. It's going to lock up and play at the spot. Will flash some dip in his shoulder as well as the ability to bend when working laterally on the snap. Again, pre-snap movement is good for him. His best plays are when he slants on the snap and is able to slither through gaps. Again, when with that awareness, when with good technique um, to be able to make plays. Has good anchor and good control at the point. He is able to lock up and control blockers at the spot. But again, that lack of length makes it tough for him to extend, shed, make plays on film where he can do everything right, but just is unable to finish. Again, it can be really frustrating. Everything looks good on the defense. This guy is there. He just has a hard time getting that paw out to grab the ball carrier where other players that are a little bit longer, maybe a little bit taller, can at least get a piece of the ball carrier, disrupt that running lane. From a rush standpoint, this guy is going to come off the field a good bit in sub-defense or kick all the way down inside to the nose where he can eat space, control blockers, be a problem for centers. He lacks much of an arsenal or power to push the pocket. Again, awareness is good. He does a good job mirroring, fitting the rush. But again, just like in the run game, his lack of ability to extend, find the quarterback, close and finish is really going to cause problems. You know, as I was watching film on this player, again, you watch games where maybe he looks a little bit better. The Michigan game was a really good study on this player as he made several short yardage plays earlier on in the game, slanted, worked one gap pre-snap on some of the third and one, fourth and one plays, made contact in the backfield, just really caused a lot of problems, um, was part of really a good run defense in the first half and really through the third quarter. But again, as you saw in some of the past game stuff, this guy struggled to finish, come off blocks, 
J.G. McCarthy was able to scramble around, make a few plays, and then ultimately late in the game, fourth quarter, was just part of that defense really struggling to get off blocks and make plays inside. Again, if you want to really have a good microcosm, one-game snapshot of this player, watch that Michigan game. There's some good. There's some ugly. Uh, but, again, at the end of the day, this guy is going to have some stuff to him that teams like but it will be important for him to be kept in the right spot, as is always the case. So who are my player comparisons? First one I'm going to go with is a former Buck, Buckeye from a couple of years ago, Tommy Togiai. Tommy was a fourth-round pick of the Browns that has been, you can call him an inconsistent contributor for a team that has not played up to expectations there in Cleveland. Tommy was a highly touted guy coming out for the Buckeyes. Uh, a little more nose than defensive tackle at Ohio State, had some of the same lack of twitch, lack of length issues. Going in the fourth round for Tommy was still much of an upside pick of a young player. He still has a lot to prove to make that fourth round pick grade uh, the right one. Um, will he ultimately get there? Well, that'll be up to Tommy and the Browns. The other one is a guy named Roy Lopez. Roy was a 2021 sixth-round pick, the Texans, out of Arizona. Uh, Roy spent a couple of years at New Mexico State as well before transferring over. Roy is enlisted as a defensive tackle, probably more of a nose tackle as well. For Houston, is a limited production guy. Fits in both base and sub-defense in kind of similar spots that I see Teron. Roy is a slightly heavier player than Teron, but has some of those same athletic and length traits or lack thereof. So where do I ultimately see Teron in the NFL? I think Teron is a good player. He's played a number of snaps on a team that is always loaded with NFL talent, even when slightly underachieving these last couple of years. He has versatility that teams will like that's always going to be a bit trait deficient in terms of his height, length, and explosion. So I compared him to a fourth-round pick who was an upside pick, as well as a sixth-round pick who is more in the same ballpark of where Tron is. So I think I would put a seventh-round grade on this player, thinking that, yeah, he's probably going to get his name called in either the end of the sixth-round pick or early on to middle of the seventh round. Through the pre-draft process at the East-West Shrine game, which is where he's headed to, I expect teams to really continue to dig on where Teron views himself. Is he going to be a tackle, defensive tackle or nose tackle? Does he have the weight capacity to get even more into the Roy Lopez world of about 315 pounds, play all the way down inside, two wide down to a shade and a zero, play essentially as a sub-nose tackle that can play some defensive tackle versus some of those bigger base sets is he gritty is he willing to do the dirty work knowing he's going to end up with very little production very little line limelight but be a valuable piece of the d line he certainly has enough to do it so it'll be up to him and scouts answering those questions a very good georgia offensive line will be the next test for him one that i'm excited to see so teron good luck you will be playing right here in my backyard on new year's eve have fun. Go give yourself a chance to play one more after that. That's all for Tehran. We will be back Thursday to talk about the signal caller Tehran will be facing, Stetson Bennett of Georgia. Plenty of Buckeye fans out there hoping for a chance at redemption. Let me know what you think about Tehran or anyone else. Talked about Zach Harrison earlier in this year as well. Plenty more Buckeyes we could still do and probably will do through the process at right step ADV to hit me up on anything football related. 
Army Navy is done. We are officially into bowl season. So when all you do, keep scouting.